Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another Saturday in Tallahassee, another blowout in Tallahassee. Alongside Gene Williams, the founder and administrator mm-hmm. of Warchant.com, my name is Tom Lang, and it is a 41-3 beatdown for the undefeated Florida State Seminoles. They now have a six-pack of victories on the season, halfway point, and Florida State. All eligible, baby. All eligible. You know what? We used to celebrate that not too long ago <laughs> on the Warchant Game Day postgame call-in show this year, brewed up by our friends, our good friends at DeLuna Coffee. Gene Williams, the defense has given up 13 points the last two weeks, mm. 13 points, and they were 100% the stars of the day. It was that side of the football. Your initial thoughts, and uh, go ahead with what you saw today, good sir. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously the story is the defense. I mean, anytime you hold an FBS opponent, especially, look, I think Syracuse is an average team. I think at the end of the day, they're going to have about a 500 record. They're a decent power five team. You held them to three points. That's hats off to the defense, who, and I know a lot of, especially not all of our fans, but I know some of our fans are very critical of Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator. So I think it was good for him to see that. That's I mentioned that Tom, it's two years in a row. They've held Syracuse to three points. So he owns Dino Babers that he's, he's this guy. I wish we play them every week. At least Adam Fuller, I'm sure is wishing that. So I was real happy with the play of them. And it was really good. I just flipped to the other side of the ball to see Keon Coleman, when Johnny Wilson is out, step up and be the man. Yep. He was the man. I think if I ran the numbers right, I think he ended up with 247 all-purpose yards. That's doing some things. It's a shame to me on that punt return he didn't get in the end zone because that was some stuff. I'm still not always a little nervous when he fields it, but he gets a little bit of space. Yep, He's something special out there. He's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, his confidence is sky high. This was a, a peak day for Keon Coleman. That first drive featured a couple of big plays. Yep. None larger than a catch over the middle of the field. And Director Ben, we have the photo. Let's see it. Everybody yeah, can see it and enjoy this. This is from Melina Myers of USA Today Sports. Look nice. at that catch. Beautiful. That is outstanding. And what a great photo. We appreciate Melina and, and our folks. And, and, her, and her husband, Bob, who is also shooting for Warchant.com, also had a similar photo. But it's not quite as good. Melina got the, got the better one of that. That is just one hell of a play. Was it a perfect ball? No. But when it's Keon (laughs) Coleman, it doesn't need to be perfect. He will adjust. He will go up and he will make the play. Mm -hmm. That's what he did today, Gene. He was the offensive star, especially in that first half. In the second half, the running game came to life a little bit more, too. Uh, there were some inconsistencies. Yeah. We can get to that and break those things down. Yeah, I was going to wait now because I, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm negative, so I'm starting with the positive. It's mostly yep. positive. There's definitely we'll get to that. There's definitely some things we can complain about, but let's start with the positive. It's a lot when you win 41 to three against an ACC team. 
yep. you got to be happy every time. This was just one of those games where you're you're 14 points up and just push it over the finish line to get to three yeah. scores. Moment you do the game's over, and it took Florida. We'll get to it again a little bit later. It took Florida State a little bit longer than you'd like, a little bit longer than you'd like to get to that three score margin, but that they did. And I'll tell you what, Gene, Syracuse wasn't here to score 20 points today or, or 17 points, even in the way they coached. One of the most crazy things I saw today was the first drive of the second half for Syracuse offense. Yes, to three, they get a stop. Florida State has four backups on the defensive line starting the half, which is also kind of strange. But you've got Dennis Briggs up the middle, Malcolm Ray, and on the edge you got Byron Turner and Gilbert Edmond. And Florida State still with those backups, which is disrespect and a half, uh, has, has put Syracuse in a position for a third and nine. And, and Dino Babers calls for a draw up the middle on a third and nine. It's, or it might, if it's not a draw, it's a give-up run up the middle. They're not trying to get a first down on that play. And it's almost like with the score 17-3, to first drive of the third quarter, he says, we're done. Well, we're- yeah, exactly. There are a couple fourth down calls, and he's punting yeah. or going for a field goal. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're still – have you do not see Dion blow a game with whatever? How, how much was – Stanford up 29 points or something insane. Have you not seen Miami blow games? I mean, you're still, there's plenty of time left. Florida State can implode, but he just, he gave up. I mean, I I like Dino Babers a lot, but I I was a little disappointed in him. As you want FSU to win, you're like happy he's doing that, but there was just no fight in Syracuse at all. Well, and what broke them? The defense. That's where the good news comes in. That's That's where we focus on Florida State, and we're positive about what Florida State did. We broke it down in the pregame show. Thanks to those of you who stopped by Hotel Indigo for this morning's pregame show. It was a good atmosphere, and it was all about the defense is going to have to set the tone today because if Syracuse, if Syracuse' own defense, Rocky Long's defense, comes to play, the matchups are a little strange for the Florida State offense, but if Adam Fuller's crew takes the reins, just like they did against Virginia Tech, Gene, last week when they opened the mm-hmm. game with three straight three and outs, you can put this game on ice early on, and Florida State – just about did in the first half. They didn't completely, but the defense made a ton of big plays. I think, Gene, none larger than, even though Florida State didn't come up with any points out of this sequence, Josh Farmer's play mm. up the middle. What an outstanding play to force a turnover in a short field for the offense. Uh, he was explosive at times when he was out there. I thought the defense coverage-wise did pretty good out there too, Gene, because Garrett Schrader was being rolled to the left and to the right. They weren't going to stand him back there like a statue to get killed, uh, but the coverage held up pretty decently. They rallied to the ball pretty good, had a couple of bad moments, yeah. but didn't wrap up and tackle. But overall, this was a dominant effort today in a, in a sport, in an era of this sport, Gene, where offense dominates the way, and it's almost impossible to score fewer than 17 points a game. FSU's defense has put two games in a row together in which they've given up just 13 points to the opposition. Very impressive stuff. Yeah, it really was. One thing I really liked that Adam Fuller did in this game was mix up the blitz. It seems like before when they've gone into situations, you know, you see the BC game, we're just going to play, you know, we're going to rush four, we put everybody out in base defense and not do a whole lot of different things. There were times the blitz came, I wasn't expecting it, there were times he didn't, he dropped back. So I think that's what you want to do is keep the offense guessing. I thought he did a real nice job of that. And even the front four at times, like you mentioned, Farmer, when you got your interior defensive lineman breaking through like that, bringing a quarterback down, that's that's good stuff right there. That's going to win you some games. And you just, I mean, you look at a lot of their series that Syracuse had nine yards, 21 yards, four yards, minus nine yards, minus three yards, six yards, one yards. I mean, there's a lot, there were so many three and outs or one first down and punt. And there were, you know, there's a lot, there's some things you can bitch about defensively. There's a few tackling issues. It seemed like a couple of times the end didn't keep contained on a few plays. They got to the outside, but man, 
that's going to happen every game. But for the most part, like you said, they shut them down, and I think they knew, Dino Babers knew, we cannot sustain a drive against this team. We're just not going to be able to score against them. There's no way we can score three times in a quarter and a half or whatever's left in the game, the way our offense is playing, the way their defense is playing. Yeah, strangely, and this isn't a Syracuse postgame show, but strangely, he dogged his own offensive coordinator at that first quarter interview when he says, we're in the third down, we got to call two runs there. It's like, wow, you're going you're gonna to put your guy on front street and it's still a yeah. ball game, Dino. And that's, that's your offense, Dino. Yeah, the thing is, and, and uh, I, I tweeted this out earlier, Gene, but that guy talks tough. Every year at the ACC kickoff, he's always got something strong to say. He's got shots to take at the media about Syracuse disrespect and all this kind of stuff. Well, then have a spine to go for it on fourth and when you got to have it, Dino, in the second half, down 21 points, kicking a field goal. Get out of here with that loser blood nonsense. Calling a draw. And I'm glad he missed it. Not because I want him not to score, but I'm like, that's what you get for being a puss. You need to miss that field goal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you said the quiet part out loud. Let me talk about our sponsors at Deluna Coffee. The Voodoo Blend, it's still BOGO right now. This month, Voodoo, this is the Espresso Blend. Cheers to everybody out there. I'll ask Gene in a moment what he's sipping on. This is what I'm sipping on. You head over to DelunaCoffee.com right now. You have a Warchant Bundle as your option. You have the Voodoo Blend that's BOGO. And then they're up in the ante today, folks. They are happy about Florida State's 6-0 start. Warchant 25 is going to be the code you use at checkout. Mm. There's a discount code at the top right of the screen when you go to delunacoffee.com. Anything but the Warchamp bundle, anything but the BOGOs. Those are plenty good deals in their own right. Everything else, 25% off on delunacoffee.com. Use code WARCHANT25. And, of course, if you're west of I-4 and you're all the way to the panhandle, everywhere in between, Deluna Coffee is in the Florida locals section of your local publics. Again, that's the Florida local section. We'll show you a photo of what that actually looks like before the show is out. So thank you to our friends at Deluna Coffee. And again, it's this isn't about Dino Baber's weakness. This is about <laughs> Florida State's strength. And Gene, while the offense was inconsistent today, it certainly had its strong moments. Every player, Keon Coleman was really good the whole way through, yeah, but every player had a moment in which they shined. What do you think stood out to you the most today about uh, Florida State's performance? Well, other than Keon, of course, and a lot of people on uh, Keem Williams, and that was, and we knew the potential of that guy coming in, and he was one of these guys who's a little bit raw coming in, but the size and speed with that kid, and you see getting the ball in the open field, that was exciting to me to see the future because hate it, but Johnny's going to be gone. Keon and these guys are going to be gone next year, so that's the next wave, so that's promising for the future. So that's something you look at this game. You know, I think it was, you know, Jordan being a warrior again, getting that shoulder popped out again, that left shoulder. So that was a little bit of a scary moment there. I didn't see a whole lot of signs of it, other than I really didn't see a whole lot of running in the second half, not like he needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't. I mean, Benson ran, I thought, pretty well. I thought for the most part he did his opportunities. Obviously, Toa Feely having that big run down the sideline yep. late in the game was really nice to see. I would like to see more receivers involved. I didn't really – I mean, Jaheim, I got. I can't I, – receivers, you got to include Jaheim Bell, even though he had a drop, yep. which pissed me off. But, I mean, that play had – down the middle and the guy shoestring tackle. I thought maybe he was going to take that to the house. That was really sweet. And they did, they got Destin Hill a little bit more involved. Yep. Which I, I still think he's going to have a game or two where he's going to blow up, but at least to see him get more involved in the offense was positive. So line did well blocking. You, you saw rarely Travis under pressure. I'm curious. I don't know why this is that play in the second half. The game was almost over when Jordan had it. And it's weird. They came, they got pressure on him up the middle and he had left. He started running to the left and he had thing and he cut back right into the guy. I've never yeah. seen anything. It's like, usually it's a pretty good feel. Worst case yeah. you went out there, people are covered. You throw it out of bounds. You got a third and five and said you had a third and 11. Yeah. That was a weird 
So by Jordan on that play. Are you talking about the uh, the goal? They're down. On, they're down on the five yard line. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he there's pressure up the middle. He starts going outside, and he's got he can get outside. He can run. Maybe he can run mm-hmm. forward. He could throw it or throw whatever, do whatever. But he had field to work with, and he cut back into the guy. I didn't know what that was about. So the problem is that's a run up the middle. It's got a it's got an RPO element to it. But the snap from Mo Smith was bad, and so they were going to give it to Trey all the way. I think up the middle on that play. And then he breaks outside to the left. We may not be talking about the same one, but we're, it's they're moving right to left on the screen. It's goal to go, second and goal from about the five or the six yard line. The snapping yeah. was a bit of an issue today. There were three or four of them that yeah, were. Yeah, that was weird because I had to look to see if Maurice was still at center. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's the right center, but yeah, uh, I think that was a give to Trey all the way if the snap was clean. But then uh, so he just make- got confused. But it seemed like after he knew pressure and he started running. Yep. Out to the the wide side, and then suddenly he cut back in. I didn't know what was going on there. So we'll get again to the to some of the struggles that Florida State had in just a moment. But, you know, Trey Benson, I thought, Gene, on that drive, the Florida State goes up 24 to three. It all gets started with Jordan rolling to the right and then Jaheim Bell releasing off of his block. Oh, that was Mahomes-esque right there on that play. It was. And that's alert that I saw some people say it's street ball. They can do that. That's part of the offense. Jaheim Bell knows to be alert in a situation like that, to, to be open for his quarterback if Jordan's not going to run. So it's not like they invented something out of thin air. That's an alert that they have. Um, but then after that point where Jaheim makes the catch and he runs for mm-hmm. a million yards, then Trey Benson takes over on that drive, Gene. And the reason that Jordan Travis can cap it off with a rushing touchdown is because Trey ran like a man and that offensive line blocked like men. As the game went on, you saw more and more instances of them surging the line of scrimmage, just pushing it back. They got better. I thought as the game went along, the biggest blunder of the game, unfortunately for Florida state was at the end of the second quarter in which Robert Scott gets beat in a one-on-one. He's starting to get back up to speed and his snap count. It'll be a lot higher this week, Gene, than it was last week. I think it was about a dozen snaps. Uh, but it's a three-man rush, and he gets defeated, and that's how Jordan gets hurt with a blindside hit. Mm. But other than that, and maybe a couple of mistakes on counter and things like that. The drop, well, the drops are the biggest issue I had. I don't know officially. I counted six, but I know a couple of them were slightly contested, but I counted six drops in the game. So maybe there's only – even blatant drops three. Mm-hmm. There were three others I thought they should have had. So that that can't happen. It can happen against Syracuse. Yeah, but I mean, in a tight game, those are the kind of things that are going to cost you a game. So to me, that was the biggest criticism. I mean, you're right. There's some things they can clean up on the line, so things. But I, the, the drops drove me nuts in this game. And then so, the decision making. Obviously, we'll get into some point. Mike Norvell's call play calling on fourth down, but we can save that for down the road here. We're trying to get to at least the 15 minute mark here before <laughs> before we get into that. We're close. So we're inside of 90 seconds. But kudos to the offensive line. And I thought it's garbage time. So Syracuse has some backup players in there too at the end. Uh, but that Kasiah Holmes drive, Gene, where he starts it with a, a few runs and, and there's the catch to the perimeter, catch and run. Offensive line, that's a lot of backup dudes in there. Armello's out there. Uh, Stickle's out there. Bryson Estes is out there. Good surge from them on that particular drive yeah. when you're trying to build confidence and develop. And then here's something that folks really hope to see. I mean, is Hakeem Williams. It was kind of a tunnel screen. It's a, it's a hitch or whatever you want to call it. But I believe it's a screen because Julian Armella is somebody who blocks downfield for him. Julian gets down the field, springs him. There's a combination of names that you recruit Knicks out there. Love to hear about yeah, Florida State yeah. that Julian Armella can spring Hakeem Williams on a block. And Hakeem was shot out of a cannon. So in the old days, Gene, you remember this forever in a day. The second half was about what's to come in the future for Florida State. Today, the fourth quarter was more about that. 
but you got to smile about guys like Kaziah Holmes and uh, and Hakeem Williams. That's just well, a, especially Hakeem because these guys are coming as like a five star type player, and you know you, you yep. hear the rumblings, and then nowadays everybody wants instant gratification right away. Well, what's wrong with Hakeem Williams? You know, why aren't we seeing more of him? He was this highly regarded guy. Well, first of all, you have two guys that might be first round picks in the NFL leading the way at receiver. So I mean, that's part of it. But I mean, and we've seen the development. You've been a more practice even than I have. From when he first got here last spring until now, I mean, the development, he's hes getting more mature. He's so much better in his route running. The confidence is there. I really like what I'm seeing him, so I'm really excited. You, once you get him, Destin Hill, you know, and some of these other guys out there and some big recruits coming in, I think the receiver core is going to be very solid for years to come. So that was very exciting to me to see. And you're right, man. I used to love the day. The best thing was sitting in Doe Campbell Stadium back in the 90s and the first team's off and all these highly regarded, because back then it was top – three classes every year and you'd love to see those guys get to the freshman get out there and make plays you can start this guy's going to be good this guy's going to be good so that was really fun to see in this so hopefully there's more of those for him and that's part of the thing when you you know you want these guys to stay fresh we've talked about it before and you mentioned some of the drives when the game was still in the balance having the backups in there which we know there's the we, last show if you weren't on last week we discussed the positives and negatives of that i understand what mike novell's doing i I agree to a large extent, but you're taking a little bit of a chance sometimes when you put in the backups during key parts of games. Yep, and I'll get to that, and that's when we'll pivot in a second. But uh, first of all, hit the like button underneath the video. Nearly a 1,000 of you in here watching right now. 41-3, to 3, it's a beatdown. These are the Saturdays that we were longing for in the War Chant Game Day postgame show for a long, long time. They are now here, and Florida State extremely impressive in the second half as they close out on offense. First half and really the whole game, the defense was spectacular today. But Gene, here's a reason to hit the like button underneath this video. My favorite moment when you're talking about context of Hakeem Williams' story. So Hakeem comes into spring camp, he's out of shape, and they also the coaches say that on record. He was he was not ready, he was not in shape for college football and the demands of a practice at Florida State. So it took a while for him to get into shape. And it was about maybe the last week of spring camp that it came to life. And, and he actually had a pretty good performance in the spring game itself. Carry that into the offseason, into fall camp. He gets trusted more and more as fall mm -hmm. camp goes on. He's bought into the details, Gene, like blocking on the perimeter. He's very good at his blocking, and he takes pride in that, which is a selflessness. It's a cue about selflessness. Ron Dugans was very hard on Hakeem Williams and his development early on in the process, at, at the practices, on the record when he spoke. But then today, when Hakeem scores his touchdown, who is it that embraces mm -hmm. Hakeem for more than five and ten seconds? It is Ron Dugans, his position coach. And what a turn of events the last couple of years has been, Gene, for Coach Dugans, because Florida State's receiving core, it's not just Hakeem. Ja'Kai Douglas had a couple of excellent blocks in the perimeter today. Keon Coleman's blocking has come a long way in just a short period of time. Destin Hill, I thought, blocked very well on the perimeter today. They are pretty detail-sound in this receiving core, and that's full credit to the position coach who was, I mean, let's just say it, on the hot seat not that yeah. long ago. And without Johnny Wilson, let's not forget that. Your yeah. leading receiver coming into the game was not playing in this game, and the receivers took over and had a great game, especially if you throw Jaheim in there. They were dominant. So, no, that's great to see. And like you said, the future looks good for those guys. I still would like to see some of the um, – I was good to see Williamson had a big catch. It was good to see mm -hmm. him get out there. Dustin yeah. Hill get some more playing time. I don't want to see – you know, you mentioned uh, Ja'Kai, but, I mean, he did have a drop again in this game on a key yeah. third down. Yeah. I think he had two last week, and that's not that's odd. I don't know what's going on. I know he's coming back from an injury, but Ja'Kai's got to secure that stuff or he's not going to be in the rotation anymore. 
That is correct. We do have a lot of people to thank, and then we will talk about that uh, elephant in the room that has to do with the number four <laughs> on downs. I know that Gene loves that, so I'll get him fired up. <laughs> Noel of the people, thank you very much. Not a perfect win, but I'm happy with it. Yep. Would it be petty for Norvell to dedicate Rodemaker's final play to Cristobal? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Noel Neal, that's, that's correct. Thank you very much, Noel of the people. Joshua says 2470, appreciate that. Keon with yes. 247 all-purpose yards. Great job by the defense as well. I see what you did there, Josh. Thank you for theming yes. your Perfect. post. Florida man in Texas, bowl eligible, <laughs> six yep. and zero. Oh. There's the, here's the one. Twelfth consecutive win with over thirty points. Wow. No touchdowns, points, and garbage time allowed. Good work, boys. Hashtag finish the climb. Go Knowles. That's a good one, Gene. That's a good take from Florida man in Texas. I, I like that too because you know we always have that feeling. You remember the LSU end of the LSU game. The game's over, the backups are in, and they get that cheap score at the end. You're like, you want to tell people it really was a bigger blowout than it shows, you know, and that kind of thing in all these games. So it's so nice when the second team can come in and stop the offense from scoring at the end of the game. Didn't like that we left 14 on the field, but definitely showed some muscle on defense. Travis managed the game well. Keon was a beast and a great throw by Tate as a backup. All in all, great to be a Noel. Yeah, take the underneath thing. That was the scout this week that we talked about on Warchant.com. You know, Gene, I thought early on, and thank you again, Zenol. I thought early on that was the approach, was there there was more underneath to get things going. Mm -hmm. But then Jordan fired a couple of balls downfield. Some were good. Some the were first one he missed, a wide-open Jaheim Bell. Oh, man, and he was killing himself for that. Also, there was a three and out in the first half. little secret, folks. I think this is going to be on demand on ESPN.com. Watch ESPN. But ACC Network didn't announce this, Gene. They had a command center broadcast on ACC Network in which it was a split screen. It's like what they do with the megacast for the mm -hmm. playoff. And on the left side of the screen, they showed the end zone view. So you could mm -hmm. see the tight copy in terms of the film. You could see the tight copy the whole game. That was and on today? It was on ACC Network. It was like a oh, double broadcast. Oh, man, I had, I'm watching with two TVs. I would have put that on the other TV. Darn it. I wish I would have seen that. Sometimes it was like ants on the television, but it still told you some stories. Yes. Like, for example, there was one of the three and outs early in the first half uh, for Florida State's offense. I mean, Jordan has, I think it's Destin, but he's over the middle, and he's wide open, and Jordan straight misses mm. him. It's like a 12 or 15-yard in. It is, it's the correct decision. Everything about it is correct, but the throw is just poor. And then the throw to Jaheim over the middle, that's afterwards, and he's slapping his hand because he's furious with himself. Yeah. He knows he's missed two now. But then Gene finally. Third you know, time was a charm. The third time we talked about this, 20-plus yards down the field. His accuracy has dipped from 45% to 30% this year. That's per pro football focus. So an exhale of relief when Keon Coleman is wide the hell open and he's hit in stride. It wasn't behind him. It wasn't too far inside. He hits Keon Coleman in stride. I think that settles Jordan down probably for the rest of the season. But that was certainly a concern uh, that Jordan was a little off and on today. Would that be a fair assessment in your mind? Yeah, I think so. And it, that was, I think, our big, biggest criticism from the last couple of games was the uh, the what he does usually really well, and that's on the deep ball yep. and missing those. And it seems like teams are kind of seeing that and realizing, you know what, we can't let Trey Benson, this team, run it down our throat. So we're going to put people mm -hmm. in the box. We're going to have we're going to do press, even though they got great receivers. And just hope Jordan is not hooking up or able to get pressure on him, one or the other. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually it burns you. You know, if you, if you, unless you have really good defensive backfield, and I think that's one thing you guys did the analysis. I don't think, I think the strength of Syracuse defense was more up front. It wasn't in the, in the back. Yeah. And I think eventually that cost them. And it should have cost them earlier, but it did eventually cost them on that play and some others where Florida State was able to take those shots down the field. And I wonder how much of that too is. You know, Jordan seems to be thrown a little bit more off his back foot. I don't know how much the injury is playing into that. 
Um, it's unfortunate that to me, he banged up that shoulder again because we do know that does limit his, you know, running. Yeah. And it's a, a big element of the offense that, you know, it's fine. You won 43 against Syracuse, but again, there's going to be a game or two where you're going to need him to run a little bit in a close game. And that could be the difference. So I would love to see that shoulder heal up. And the fact that it's gone twice in a few games, I just think this is going to be a nagging problem all season. Agreed. I'm going to cut in line. Director Ben, hang on. Dane asks, what are you drinking? Because I promised I would ask you. So what is it? Oh, yeah. so I'm I'm honoring and we don't, they don't advertise with us, but we're going to do the, the legacy lager from Oyster City, the official FSU beer, which I guess they have on tap in the Champions Club, I was told by people that go up there. So they do Oyster City, one of my favorites, and they do officially sponsor FSU. So close enough. So I figured it seemed apropos considering the show and considering went to a little tailgate before the game and able to take that out there. Oyster City, if you want paid product placement, just let us know. Yes, that we're works. happy. Or we can do we can do trade. We're fine yeah. with that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, but we are more than happy with our title sponsors, of course, our friends Ed and Brett yes. Lennox from Galuna Coffee. That's what today's show is. Next up, in terms of people that we have to thank, is, let's see, Director Ben, who do we got? We've got Yuckmouth. Yuckmouth. Good game overall. Offense still frustrating to watch at times. Why do you think the offense isn't clicking? Okay, well, the, uh, here's a segue. It's been teed up. Um, Gene, there are times where it just looks a little bit discombobulated, and I'm, I'm still going to stay away from the fourth down stuff. Uh, Jordan's missing throws. That's, mm-hmm. that's one thing. It's fair to say it that he's really, really good, but he's not as sharp as he was last year. We've just got to be okay with saying that. Doesn't yeah. mean we're saying he's a bad quarterback. It just means that his downfield throws aren't as accurate. And if you can hit those, you're you're opening up everything else. And then yeah. the other thing uh, I think is his his running ability, his willingness to do so, and and the ability of, of why how smart it is for Jordan to run. With the injury, it, it limits your play calling a little bit. That combined with the fact that the offensive line is not as good as last year in terms of run blocking. And I think you have your answer. Anything else that you see, Gene, that you spot and say, this is frustrating to me? I think you pretty much that's it. I think Jordan, you're like, it's a really good Jordan. He's still probably in the top 10% of quarterbacks in college football, but is he in the top two or 3%, which we thought he might be right now between not running and missing a lot of those deep balls. Yeah, probably not. I, I'm going to throw in the drops too. They've been, I think the last couple of games they had a problem with drops. I, I think they at least score another touchdown or two. If they're not dropping the ball, so to me that and that's something that obviously can be cleaned up a little bit. It's going to be a lot of work on the jugs machine, I would think, this week, yeah, to try to clean that up a little bit. And then you know, again, I think a couple fourth downs, especially yeah. one. Yeah, and I, I get, I kind of the goal line. I didn't like some of the play call. To me, here, okay, I, we got to get it. Here we it. go. So we I'm gonna, 20, I got to bitch a little bit. It's the 25 minute mark. Yeah, Have I, at it. Okay, we're past 15. I can do it. <laughs> so the first one down on the goal line. I'm not quite as upset. To me, it's like it's third down on the four. If you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, I don't. And they kind of had people spread out. The box was a little open for them. Benson's mm-hmm. going to get you two yards, so yep. if you're two yards at least. So if you know you're going for it on fourth down, I don't understand. It seemed to be two low percentage plays that are the low percentage fade to the tight end in the back of the end zone. To me, just strategically, what were you thinking there? I didn't get it. I don't know what happened on the fourth down play. It was kind of odd. Um, anyway, so but the bigger problem I had was. You know, you're putting a tight end. I know Jaheim Pell has played running back, but you're doing a wildcat. You're getting too fancy with yourself on a fourth and one Yeah, yep. at that situation. I don't see the need. You're At that point, Jordan hadn't even hurt. I, you know, if you don't want to run Benson up the middle, you know, do an RPO, do something, get him out in space, have a couple different options. You only need one yard. I, I don't understand the getting fancy. I understood it in 2020. 
Right. You didn't have right. the athletes. You didn't have the experience offensive line. You had to pull some finesse to try to get that yard sometimes. You're a better team than them. You've got more you got more maturity, more size, more athleticism. I don't understand the thing of getting fans. And again, it's nitpicking. I'm not bitching. They won 40 to 3. I'm thrilled. Yeah. They played a really good game. I'm happy with it. Sometimes Mike Norvell and these fourth down decisions, I don't know what's going through his head. I thought we'd kind of got rid of that, so that bothers me a little bit. No, agreed. And and look, if you're just joining us, folks, uh, it was 20 to 25 minutes, largely a positive stuff. Yes, so I'm sorry. Had, but I'm done. I'm done. I'm happy no, with the but rest of that. You're was... allowed to be mad about that because, Gene, if, if that's a – I don't know that Mike does that for a different level of opponent, but I don't even know if I like the message that that sends, which is, you know, some opponent – So you're telling me if it's, if it's Duke and it's a six-point game in that situation yeah. in the second half, you don't think he does that? He's kicking the damn field goal, and this I'm yelling at the screen. Like, Gene – if it's if it's a ten point lead at that, I'm talking about the goal line or the uh, the the Wildcat. Oh, okay. So let's let's separate it. I'm going to go okay. goal line first. You're kicking the goal. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. fourteen point game. It's four yards. It's not one. Mm-hmm. It's four. It's not even two. It's four yeah. yards. You got to get. And they said RG three did say the analytics say not to do it. So he was well, going against the analytics. On they're that. right. The analytics yeah. are sometimes analytics are, and they're most certainly right there. Gene, if it's a ten point game and you and you don't want that thirteen point lead because you're already up two scores and you want to push it to mm-hmm. three. Okay, I like I don't know that I love it, but I totally understand it. 14 to 17 is a magic number. This game is done at three scores. Yeah, there is yeah. no hope left. And the 17 being that that's a magic number, it just drives me nuts because again, Syracuse would have to score over 17 points today. And you would have to be shut out the rest of the game. The, the Right. The moment yeah. that that kick goes through, instead, you breathe some kind of life into him. And this is, you know, for Boston College, that was plenty. You know, if you breathe yeah. just a little bit of life with a muffed kick or whatever, then there's a different feeling in the building. I know that that's on the road. But if it was a situation in which it's a two-score game, stays a two-score game with a kick, or a three-score game, stays a three-score game with a kick, understood. I At least I get where you're coming from. But if you can push the margin from a two-score game to a three-score game, kick yeah. the damn football. Mm-hmm. Now, on the second try, I totally agree. It's fourth and one. Go for it. I would always go for oh, it. Oh, yeah. I was 100 go for it. In that spot. But here is where my problem lies. It's not even in the play call necessarily. Gene, if you watch and the ESPN cameras were on it, ABC cameras were on it the whole way, it was a discombobulated mess mm-hmm. of communication from the word go. The substitutions were off. Jordan's like, what the hell are we running? He's doing this. What are, what are we supposed to run? And they get to the line with maybe 10 seconds to go. Yeah, nine. the whole thing was rushed. Use the timeout. You're a yeah, mess. Yeah. If you're going to run that play, at least run that play with coordination. You know, Because Mike ends up spending timeouts later in the half to try and, and chase a possession. I think that first one, Gene, is out of emotion. The decision on fourth and four, fourth and goal from the four. He's pissed because he thinks they should have scored on one of the previous three plays because somebody missed an assignment. And that's immaturity in that moment yeah, from yeah. the head coach. The second one, I think, is just being stubborn. Just call a timeout, my man. Call a timeout there. If you want to run, you know, DJ Lundy out there on a fourth and one, I guess, be my guest, but at least reorganize yourself. So those are my my issue is going for it at all the first time. My issue is with not calming the situation down the second time. But that's my take on it. And then you got fourth down math from uh, Dino in the second half where he's down 21. <laughs> Today both coaches, this is a lesson on what not to do on fourth down. This was both perspectives. For fourth down, this was not a good day. Uh, Dane Strickland has donated like 74 times today. We appreciate wow. it. Thank you very much. Uh, he said earlier, and we posted, I think the offense was really good today. That's the thing, Gene, Dane, everybody out there. And this is why you got to hit the like button. 
Florida State's offense can be inconsistent and it can drop 40 on somebody. Like it was that, really it was really good because the way it was doing stuff, it should have scored 60 or 70. That's mm-hmm. what was, was so good. It scored 40, but, you know, we're bitching. They scored 40 points, which we'll take every week. Yes. But it's crazy the way this game was going. All they had to do is dro- catch a few drops, a couple better calls, and we're sitting here at 68 to 3. So it's 40 to 3, and you don't score when you have first and goal from the 5 or the 6. Like, is Florida State have been perfect in the red zone before that? Like, I get it. Today's red zone, maybe not. Yeah, they're the, going to drop off in those standings. They've been tied for first. They're going to they, drop you know, this week. Of their first 17 possessions, they scored all every time, and there were 14 mm-hmm. touchdowns. That's the more important thing. Like, the ratio was really, yeah. really good. So this was um, a regression, if you will. This is the trend. Red zone issues, Gene, were there a couple years ago. I think even last year to a, a pretty good degree. But they've been That's very good in the red zone, except for today. And okay, yet, outstanding. Man, how about Fitz? I mean, just yeah. absolute money. We mm-hmm. we've talked about all this other stuff. The offense played. This we talked about the defense. Obviously, that's a story. Outstanding. Yeah. Special teams. You fielded yeah. punts. You had a big cut return for a. I mean, almost should have been a touchdown. Almost a touchdown. You know, you made all your field goal. Fitz was automatic. Punting was solid. They they shanked a punt. I mean, you dominated this team on special teams. Yep. So any hope they had of maybe getting back in the game, you kept winning that special teams battle too. Agreed. All right. Now, from FSU Fan 1993, this is the last person we'll thank before we will take a quick collection break and then start taking your calls because the lines are lit up. FSU Fan 1993 blowing out Syracuse 41-3 to with at least 20 points left mm-hmm. in the field. And Trey Benson dropped like four balls. I don't know if it was that Three. Many. I got a three. <laughs> three for Trey is a testament to a team slowly becoming elite because we should have scored off the strip sack. Happy for Adam. And he's talking, of course. Yeah, come on, Burst. You lazy ass. Get in the end zone. <laughs> That's a good point. Don't Why leave it show- to the offense. Come yeah. on, buddy. Leave it to ABC to show that guy instead of Farmer who made the play. Like, yeah. Farmer was the one who made the play. Show 44. That and was I knew it too. We know Farmer how strong he is. When he got his arms around, like, oh, you're a traitor. You ain't getting out of this. And how many times <laughs> has Trader gotten away from a Florida State defender? Well, last he's a big, play? strong dude. He can get away from guys, but he's getting away from Farmer. That's scary stuff from 44. Yeah. Now we will take a short break to remind you about the greatness that is DeLuna Coffee and Orchant.com, respectively. And then your calls are coming up next. The lines are full, but before we take the break, Director Ben, let's wipe up that phone number on the on the uh, docket. Uh, as somebody leaves and completes their call, a phone line will open. That's how that how this works. 850-805-5911. That is 850-805-5911. We will be right back after this on the Warchant Game Day post-game call-in show presented by DeLuna Coffee. Our head coach has a taste for the finer things in life. Personally, I like to picture him in front of a fireplace, clad in a garnet and gold velvet robe, with a glass of Lagavulin 16 and a Cuban cigar. Rumor has it, Coach has a brand new Bengal Tiger rug and a photo of Brian Kelly on his mantle. Now, while Coach has high-powered offensive weapons at his disposal, FSU fans need only one thing to start their game day. That's DeLuna Coffee's Blue Angels Blend. Talk about high-powered. This jet fuel in a cup will have you feeling like you can take down a 500-pound tiger yourself. Two cups will have you wanting to boost an F-18 for the pregame flyover. Our advice, though, leave the hunt to the professionals. It doesn't mean that you still can't enjoy the finer things in life, just like Coach Mike. Trust me when I tell you, DeLuna Coffee makes for one hell of an espresso martini. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com today to find out more. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, Warchant.com. 
expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU heads into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games. Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chance subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber only shows featuring the entire staff, a little QA with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at warchant.com. It's not close. Let's go get it on. Sign up today. Hey, headliners and elite headliners, it's Ira here, and it's time to talk Shopify. As you remember, a couple of years ago, we wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you. But we had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're a startup working out of your man cave or IPO ready, Shopify is the only tool you need to grow your business without all the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point of sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Whatever you need, you're covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love most about Shopify is how, no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up today for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, and they'll help you grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Go to shopify.com slash warchant. are so grateful for each and every one of you that are joining us right now. 900 plus watching the Warchant Game Day postgame call and show presented by DeLuna Coffee. And if you'd like to try Warchant.com, you can do so for just $1 for two months. That's going to get you pretty much to early signing day, but through the entirety of this season, hopefully an ACC championship as well. 
It is just $1 for two months, and it is only for our Warchant TV viewers. We are not offering this on social media. We're not offering this on the website. It is $1 for our video watchers, just like you. You head to Warchant.com. In the top right of the website, there's a green button. It says sign up now or join. And then once you do, there is a code at the bottom that you can use, and you type in what you see in the bottom right of the screen. FSU and the number one. That's FSU and the number one. $1 for two months. Give us a try. You will not regret it. Thank you very much for considering Warchant.com for all of your non-video needs. We now go to the phone lines. Our first guest of today is out in Hawaii. He's just eating lunch right now. Well, no, probably brunch time in Hawaii, I should say. It is Spartan Noel, Ralph in Hawaii. Welcome, Ralph, to the program. How's it? How's it, guys? How's everyone doing? Oh, hey, Ralph. Six and oh, man. How are you? Uh, I am truly blessed, as I am sure everyone else is. Um, when was the last time we were able to say bowl eligible at the first opportunity on the schedule to be so? This feels great, doesn't it? It does. Maybe 2015. That's my best guess. But, yeah, outstanding. Yeah, I was, I was thinking 15 or 16. Um, anyways, the reason for my call, because I know you got a lot of folks that want to contribute, it's so easy and it's exciting to see all these transfers like Keon, even Jordan, Benson. I would like to ask all the fans out there to just take a moment and really appreciate the guys that have been on the roster, recruited by Florida State, who stuck with us through all those crappy years and what they must be experiencing. And very specifically, LT. What a run today, just hard-nosed. I love that dude with all my heart. I'm so happy he's a no. I wish him nothing but the best now and in his future prospects. But guys like that, I hope we really appreciate the guys that stuck with us and came here during the crappy years. Thank you, guys. Be blessed, everyone, and enjoy this ride. That's an outstanding call from Spartan Noel 71 on the boards at Warchant.com. That's Ralph. Yeah, Darius Washington, Maurice Smith, Robert Scott, Kalen Deloach, among many, uh, Keem Dent, among many, many others, Gene, that have seen a lot of dysfunction here and now see Florida State at 6-0, and squarely in the college football playoff picture with every one of their preseason goals in front of them. It's an outstanding first half of the season. You can't do any better than 6-0 and through six games, and they're getting to live that now. Sold out for a noon kick? When's the last time we did that, Gene, for a non-rivalry game? And it's uh, it's amazing. And Ralph had mentioned about being bowl eligible. And you mentioned at the outset when I brought that up. But it's amazing how that was a we were so excited about that yeah. uh, just, you know, a year ago. And now it's like, ho hum, you're six and oh, we're about bigger aspirations, which is, again, amazing. I did a couple of interviews with some Syracuse folks that, uh, this past week and they're just like, how did this team get so good so fast? And uh, it's all, you know, it's just the culture changed, obviously. You know, he's flipped the roster with the transfers. And, and as Ralph brought up, it's, it was a very good mix of the guys that have hung around. The guys who have been through, seen the worst of times, they can appreciate this and they understand how valuable this is and what's going on around them. So it's it's fun to see. And we get to experience it as fans and as media, too. Be able to see in front of our eyes this dramatic turnaround. Like, I don't know if we've seen one in college football where a team was arguably at 0-4 losing to Jacksonville State a couple of years ago to where they are now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's been a team that had that kind of rise from being arguably the worst team in the FBS to, you know, potentially playing for a national championship. And we'll see how the rest of the season goes. 
yeah, it's uh, it's been quite the ride. And, um, you know, it's like we, we really appreciated some of those guys, Gene, that, that took it on faith from Jimbo Fisher in the beginning, you know, like a LaMarcus Joyner or Telvin Smith or, you know, even to a degree of Timmy Jernigan. It, it had started to move in the right direction, but Timmy had to say yes to push it to that next level. And then you see the reward from where they were when it started to where they left Florida State in a better mm-hmm. place than they found it. Always words of wisdom from Ralph, and we look forward to seeing him on the mainland for the Duke game next week. Oh, he's yeah. going for Duke. Great. Yep, yep. We awesome. now go to Ocala to uh, one of our favorite callers as well. Wisdom is his friend, too. He's been waiting for nearly 40 minutes. Thank you, Gene in Ocala. Welcome to the program. Tom, Gene, what's going on on a victorious Saturday? Man, kicking How back. Y'all doing? Kicking back in the rocking chair after that win, man. Doing great, Gene. Doing great. 6-0. and oh. Well, well, you know, I, I don't, I don't have fifteen minutes to simmer down and let uh, the good things roll. So, um, I'm glad that we won. I, I, I enjoyed the victory, but uh, I guess my thing is the play calling now. If you don't have the play calling now, what's going to happen next week? What's going to happen whenever you face these teams that aren't going to wither under your pressure? If that makes sense. I mean. Whenever we're we're at the goal line, I understand you're trying to get all these people with the touches, but I let do span just let them run it. So then you're seeing what's going on in front of you. Mm-hmm. But right now you're talking about these people are coming off of injury. Jaheim, he's coming off of you know he was nicked up last week. Why are we trying to run the wildcat with him and he he was nicked up last week? Yeah, I mean, does that kind of make sense? I mean, I don't understand where we're at right now. I, it goes back to what we were talking about, um, you know, two years ago. You got Jordan coming in and some kind of, I don't know, uh, Houdini in and out against Jacksonville State. What kind of message does that send to the team? Yeah. So today, if it was somebody else, but whenever you did that fourth and goal and, you know, we're 21 of 21, we're, the only, we're one of five teams that have always scored in the red zone and then you don't score. What is that? What message does that send to the team? Yeah. Um, I mean, again, we're nitpicking. We're six and oh, um, 12 games in a row, 12 games in a row with 30 plus points. I, I, I mean, you can't really complain. It's just whenever you think about next weekend and coach Elko, I don't think that that margin for error is going to be there to where you, if you're not decisive in what you do and what your game plan is in the critical moments of just being able to step up. Yep. That's a great call, Gene. We appreciate, we appreciate your contribution as always. Um, Yeah. Gene, you know, Gene Williams, sorry. Uh, Sequencing is, is sometimes something that leaves you, you scratching your head. I could tell you that when you get to see the wide angle view and maybe some of the things that Jordan's looking at, he's making decisions that are correct maybe more than you would think it, it, with just the game footage. Uh, Dominic Robinson is going to do a full study on that. He's back in the fold here for WarChan TV. And so his next project this week on WarChan TV is going to be a deep dive into what Jordan Travis is doing, the finer points of his game, what's mm. working and what isn't. It's going to be very fascinating to get his take because Dominic will, will zig when you think he's going to zag because the tape tells you maybe something different than you expect to hear. But at any rate, I think some of it, Gene, is just about the inaccuracy And then we have to come to the conclusion that until the offensive line is fully healthy, one through five, left to right, 
they're just not as good as they were last year. It's specific things that we like to do and define ourselves by, which is like running the football. It just it's not as consistent. I think, yeah, I I mean, I think we totally agree on that. Some of the the small things in the offense that are need to be fixed to for them to operate at full efficiency. But I think Gene's what's really trying to get what I was complaining about earlier, some of the questionable play calling during key moments, which is something Mike Nordova did a lot more, I think, early on. I think he's gotten better in that regard. Yeah. And I think this points is those decision-making when he got down the goal line, the other fourth yeah. down where they ran the Wildcat, when you're playing a better team that's coached better, that has, you know, it's simply the game's a question. But to your point, Tom, what I don't know, and you brought this up earlier, is he doing these kind of play calling because of the opponent? Mm-hmm. Right. And in a game where he respects the opponent more, will he tighten things right. up? When they're down there, they'll kick the field goal. They'll make it a three-score game. When they got a fourth and one, they aren't going to decide, well, that was a good time to do a trick play. We're going to, you know, there's confusion because suddenly, okay, you got to substitute all these guys in and out. What play are we doing? You're going to do an odd play, a trick play on a fourth and one. I I tend to agree with you, Tom. I think it's just because it's a little bit of arrogance on Mike's part. I'm sorry, Mike, but I think Mm – you knew this opponent was not going to score on you. You could see you were owning them. So you just got, you're like, you got angry. Like you said, on fourth down in the goal line, you got one time, like I, we had this play we've done in practice. We want to get Jaheim involved. We're going to do that play. I'm hopeful that he's not going to do those kind of things when a real, when an opponent is equally matched with you when the game's on the line. Yeah. It's, it's one of your favorite movies, Gene. It's old school. You know, I like you, man, but you're crazy. <laughs> like sometimes like you're crazy. Yeah. You doing? <laughs> like fourth and four. And, and some of those play calls. I So there's a nuance here and it probably we're talking about the same thing, but sometimes I think when an opponent is outgunned and you're able to break out some tricks, you might be putting something on film to set up your next opponent instead of playing the one that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And to your point and to Gene and Ocala's point, what kind of message does that send to the players when they know that you're not just running straight ahead? Yeah, so you're not taking them down. seriously. Yeah, right. Yeah, what like so you can work on secondary goals without keeping the main thing the main thing. It's a fine line, and you've got to know if your team is veteran enough to handle that. Uh, but there's some immaturity, Gene. There, there's some arrogance there. There's no doubt about that. You know, Mike Norvell is still growing as a head coach. He's exceptional uh, for especially for his age. He just turned forty-two. Absolutely. Happy birthday, Coach. He's ahead of the curve, but that doesn't mean that he's a completed product no. in terms of, of decision-making. The good thing is you're able to learn these lessons, hopefully, in a blowout win, and then you can change what you need to do moving forward. But I think part of it is you might be putting things on film for others. Yes, you got it. Well, well done, Jonathan. Yes. Uh, you put these things on film for your future opponents to consider, and you might be setting them up for something because he clearly wasn't concerned today. This is the other thing where it's crazy. It's only a 14-point game. Your offense didn't go down the field to start the second half, Gene. You punt it, and all four of your backup defensive linemen are out there for the first yeah. drive of the second half. Man, you're crazy. That is <laughs> that is disrespect, but, but it's also it's also him telling you what he thinks about what Syracuse offense yeah. was. But isn't, you know, I think we're we're probably overreacting a bit. And let me ask you this hypothetical. If BC doesn't do this crazy comeback, yeah. When they're way down and that happens because he started doing these kind of things and it backfired and you could never get momentum back. Yeah. I think we're a little shell shocked from what happened against BC. When you see these kind of things, it scares the crap out of you. Like this could happen again. We've seen this happen. Yeah. Um, so I think that's part of it. So we probably are overreacting a little bit. I think the point is the one thing I always said in the beginning with Mike Norvell, I loved everything he did. I go, if he has the capacity to learn mm-hmm. and not be arrogant, because we we've seen it. There was a coach a couple coaches ago. 
we knew that was as arrogant as all get out. It would never, ever change. No matter what yep. he saw in front of his face, he was his way was the way or the highway. The thing that I respect about Mike is I think he's able to learn. He'll make mistakes and he will. Yep. He's he may repeat them, but he's learning from them on the whole, which is a very rare thing to me for a coach, because most of these coaches are freaking arrogant as hell. Oh, agreed. And and look, even before you get to a question like this last year, if you look at how many different game plans there were, how many different styles of offense Florida State played based upon the opponent, that tells you that Mike Norvell doesn't have the issue that we're saying, you know, all the time. You know, there might be moments where you go, hey, man, settle down, take the points or hey, man, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Just call a timeout. It's, I know you'll be pissed off and you could scream at them during a television timeout, not when the ball's being handed over yeah. back to Syracuse. Uh, but if you look at the way his offense changes, Gene, based upon either the opponent or mm-hmm. the guys that he brings in, there's no way that he thinks that they're, you know, counter is the only way to win a football game. He doesn't run it as much anymore. So, you know, there is, there's plenty of good in that learning or that maturity yes. department. Uh, but there are other times where you go, man, you're nuts. You're just nuts. Hey, can we? Go? I know Z Chan chipped in a little while ago, right before our last break, so we can get a uh, get a uh, our favorite. Uh, there he is, our favorite. Oh man, Z Chan, the official yeah. DMD of Orchan TV. Today's crown goes to Keon Coleman. The man was electric. Fair enough. Yeah, if 100%. you're going to choose the side of the ball, we all know what side of the ball you choose. If you're going to choose one player. That's the correct. So answer. breaking the rock, he's breaking the rock. I assume, although I could, you know, I'd almost want to give the hammer to Fuller too. I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't know in this one. I mean, I guess you got to give it to Coleman. You got to give it to a player when in doubt. When he puts up 247 all-purpose yards, was electric as he was. But yep. you know, Fuller deserves. If there's a secondary rock, you got to give it to Fuller. Agreed. And Adam has broken it before, so that yep. has happened. Um, but yeah, Keon. I mean, two phases of the game he dominated, so you have to give it to him. We now go to the Villages, the promo master himself. We speak to Wes in the Villages, who stayed home this week. He'll be back up in town for the Duke game. Welcome to the program, Wes. How are you this afternoon? Hey, what's up, fellas? How we doing? Hey, Wes. Happy as a lark, brother. I hear that. Hey, uh, I was going to just piggyback off what you were saying about Fuller breaking the rock. How about that defense today? Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed uh, seeing that. And... You know, the offense had its moments, of course. You guys have talked about it. But when was the last time we beat a team, not only covered the spread, but doubled the spread? Uh, you know, that's pretty impressive as well. I, I don't know if you guys would co-sign on it. I know there were some uh, deficiencies and some things to work on, but you almost feel like you hate to say it, even though they have, you still don't feel like they've played a complete game, but I feel like that's about as a complete game as they've had all year. What do you guys think? That's a fair point. Um, there are situational lulls there, Wes, uh, but I think, you know, if you kick the field goal, even though you didn't score with a goal to go off the turnover and you're up 17 to three, you're disappointed, but you're not talking about it now in a postgame setting. Yeah. And if you don't look discombobulated on a fourth and one where you've got a pin and pull going on the left and God knows what on the right, and you get tackled and you get stopped short of the yardage and Jordan Travis is demonstrative on the on the field yelling at the coaching staff, we're probably not talking about, again, situational stuff. I, Gene Williams, I, I say 100%. This is the closest thing we've seen. Yeah, that's a great point, Wes. You know, and I, I, been, I was harping on that before last week when I said this seems like there's at least a quarter every game where they just completely on both sides of the ball, they just melt down. They're just, they're not even there. Yeah. Um, you're right. There were definitely, there was a series here or there. It was frustrating as hell. There would be a drop. We talked about the four down play. So there are frustrating moments throughout the games, especially on offensive times. But you're right, on the whole, 
the offense consistently moved the ball. The defense was obviously consistent for four quarters. So you're absolutely right. Uh, it was in terms of you're looking for a complete game. This is the closest they've had all season, which is, I think, to me, the most encouraging things because I they, those lapses scare the hell out of me because I'm afraid against a quality team, you give up a 13 nothing quarter. You know, you're putting yourself in a hole and you may not be able to crawl out of it. So very yeah. encouraging from that respect. It's a great point, Wes. Thank you for making that. And anything else you have uh, observation wise? Yeah, no, I know you guys got a lot to get to. I just wanted to say I'll see you guys next week. I'll be up there for Duke. I'm anxious uh, for a night game and to get to see the new lighting. Yes. And I haven't got to see it in, in person yet, so I'm really anxious about that. I think it's going to be a, a crazy environment, an awesome day. So I'll definitely come up and see you guys uh, for the pregame show. And Ralph wanted me to let you know he won't be in for Duke, but he might be uh, in for Miami. Oh, okay. uh, so I wanted to pass that along because I know he called in. Him and I were talking, but. Uh, anyway, I'll cut the promo on the way out. Uh, you guys keep up the great work. Everybody, don't forget to smash that like button. Subscribe to WarChant.com, the best in the business. One dollar for two months. You're crazy if you haven't done it already. Get on it. Get you some of the uh, best coffee in the world, the Luna. You all be good and go knows. Thank you. Man. Thank you, Wes. I really appreciate you're that. the man. Well, that's a shame, Ralph. That's slacker. I mean, come on. You're only coming from Hawaii. I might have misunderstood, or maybe there was a, a change in the itinerary, but I uh, hope all is well out there, Spartan Noel. Yeah, we I now go to, uh, for the 38th time in the history of uh, War Chant TV programming, all of them on post-game shows, we go to the 516, we go to NYC, and we talk to Josh in New York. Josh, what's going on? Tommy, Tommy, Gino! <laughs> That's it. Enjoying another win for the Noles. Again, I have another personal point of privilege. Thank you again to a, another um, hosting for our basketball team. I appreciate it. Another one of my kids went down there this nice. weekend and had an awesome time. But this is about Knowles football. How about that defense? I've been the Adam Fuller critic. I have been. <laughs> but we are starting to do exactly what the fans thought we could do, and that's play dominating football. I love seeing that. That is the best thing about our team is when guys are flying around and playing good defense. Now, here's my question. Here's my question. And I know you guys were talking about it earlier. It's not really a question so much to the point. Like, as a coach, Mike is absolutely putting things on tape. Because if you went back and look at the LSU game, he is not even coming close to running those things. The closest thing he did was a trick play, right? Mm -hmm. But that was, like, not even – it was, it was sort of where the trick play should happen. He is absolutely putting things on tape because he wants to see if the guys can execute it when the game is still in the balance and he knows he's way better than Syracuse, right? And you, you want to have the players have that sense of urgency and see if they can do it. And that's the reason why he plays younger guys early. That's the reason why he does those fourth down conversions while the game's still in balance because it's different. If he ran a fourth and goal when we're up 41 to three, that feels a little different yep. than running a fourth and goal when we're uh, either the game is in the balance of the first or second quarter. So I just want to provide a little bit of insight on that. Um, I hope you guys have a great time. And one surprise, there might, there's a slight chance that I am down there next week for Duke. Oh. It'll be the first time I've been down to Tallahassee since 2017 against Syracuse with Jacques Patrick running the ball. And I came to see Josh. Wow. That's all right. He did have a good time. But uh, go Noles, and I hope you guys have a sweet rest of your Saturday. All right. Thank you. That's a great call from Josh. 
fly safely if that's how uh, yeah. you break it down. I, I wonder if he's escorting yet another player down here for basketball. Who knows? Could be um, the pipeline. Josh has sent up the New York, New York. to uh, Tallahassee pipeline for Leonard Hamilton. I like it. But yeah, that's. Uh, I hope you. I hope you get able to make it down, Josh. We're able to see you next week. We'll have the usual happy hour. Meet and greet with uh, Jeff and Corey. I may slip over there. Tom, I know you make the appearance occasion, but of course we'll all be at Hotel Indigo. Uh, and that'll be a great getting ready for a night game. Yep. Um, it was a little, you know, I couldn't make it out there. It's just so pressed for time with those noon games. It just kind of, it's tough for everything, but I can't wait till next week. The night game, as it should be, we'll have a blast. It should be a great time. And uh, that's a good point. You know, this is... Josh is basing his point on that Mike Norvell is so arrogant about what Syracuse cannot do that he thinks it's fair to experiment. But wasn't BC even worse than yeah. than Syracuse? And what we just that that arrogance almost cost him a game, if that's what we're calling it at this point. That's why I think we're all a little shell shocked. You get a little nervous when he makes yeah. these decisions. I understand this point, and it's a good one. Same reason, like you said, they had an entire backup defensive line out there when the game should still be in the balance. Right. You know, at a point, why are you doing that? Well, I understand there's bigger well, long-term goals in play. And the crazy thing to me, Gene, is it's coming out of halftime. That's the thing. It's yeah, like, it's not like his front line isn't rested at that point. Right. They just had uh, college halftime is ridiculous. We, I love the, the marching chiefs. My wife is a former marching chief. We don't need like 25 minutes between, you know, uh, action there. And it's they were, they were fresh. So that was a decision. Yeah. Like that was a conscious decision. Edmund, get out there. Malcolm, get out there. Briggs, you know, uh, but it worked and ended up working. So now we go from somebody who is uh, nearly at 50 or 40 calls on the War Chan TV network to the 120th call. Whoa. The 120th call all time on War Chan TV, the 757. It is Gator Kirk. Gator Kirk, welcome to the program. We missed you last time, brother. How you doing? Good afternoon, sir. Was traveling last weekend. Uh, we missed you. Yeah, you know, sometimes I gotta let other people call in too. I feel I feel a little guilty sometimes. So I'm gonna do an Ira two for one today. Nice. So shout out to him. Two things. How about FSU soccer being rated number one? Yeah. I mean, no one ever talks about that. And I uh, had two other things. Okay. Did Fuller outcoach Mike Norvell today? Yes. Yeah, he was the better coach. If you want to, if you want to say the, I'd say the defensive coaches outcoached the offensive coaches, which would include Mike Norvell. Unequivocal. So I appreciate everything y'all do. Hey, everyone support what supports Warchan and the Knowles. Become a booster. There it is. Join battles in. Do all you can do. Everything's looking rosy. We're bowl eligible. I appreciate everything y'all do and for us and all the coverage y'all have. Y'all have a great night. Let's beat those Blue Devils. There we go. You got it, Gator Kirk. Gator Kirk, all business today. Good all to hear business. from you, though, Gator Kirk. Yeah, he had, to, he had to make an appearance, and we appreciate that. But, um, yeah, support all those things. And I, I don't know if a lot of people may not be aware. If you are a member, we got the $1 deal going on WarChamp for two months. If you're a Battles End member, you get your own customized signature image, kind of like you get a, uh, you know how you get on it. If you're a member of the boosters, you get your license plate, you get a booster plate. Yep. Same thing if you're posting anywhere on the boards, we're going to show that off that you're, you support Battles End. So it's a cute little, nice little perk you get if you're a War Chance subscriber and you're also a Battles End member. 
And yes, there, there is a, a partnership, you know, where we are friends, these two organizations. Mm-hmm. And so uh, a message from the battle Zen for you besides support them. Um, you know, you want more recruit, you want Keon Coleman's of the world to come to Tallahassee and electrify you with 200 plus uh, yards from scrimmage or all purpose yards. I should say not yards from scrimmage. That'd battle be something. The battles <laughs> There's a way to support them and get something back in return. Head over to their site. Now, Gene, they've mm-hmm. got a glossy of the Kalen Deloach fumble return against Clemson. Nice. And it's going to be signed by all the parties involved. Uh, it's a pretty cool thing. So head over to the battles You can order it. Uh, and again, uh, every dollar of that goes to the battles End funding. If you know what I mean. And if you yeah. are part of the premium recruiting board over at warchant.com, you know all about what the battles end does. So just a, a word to the wise, that it's a pretty cool little thing that you can get while you're also supporting the program. Nice, nice work by the battles end. So now we go to, for the 22nd time, man, we got a lot of return callers. I love that about this show, Gene. We we've, you know, managed to build some relationships over the years here. On the it's like cheers, man. Everybody knows your name. We got the regulars. We go to the five, one, three, and we're talking to Eric, Eric. We all know who this is. Welcome to the program, Mr. Eric. How we doing? How we doing, Eric? How you feeling today? Here we go, Seminole. Here we go. (laughs) How about that uh, dual thread, Jordan Travis, Keon Coleman? If I was a writer, they will be a Heisman together. The first split Heisman in history from one Eric. Yeah, Yeah, well, Keon was was a stud. Were you at the stadium today, Eric? I was. He was a stud. He, he, uh, that, that catch, one handed catch, is oh. the sports center this evening. Yep. Yeah. 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 So we're six and zero, oh, baby. And gee, that spectacular number two at GP is looking promising, brother. You got to update. You got to come up with something else, Eric. I mean, we can do that, but I think we can do something even better this year, especially if I they believe, keep winning. I believe Eric said a pizza party on top of it. Is that right? Did you? Is that what pizza you said? party? Yeah, pizza party too. Yeah, <laughs> I'm all for pizza parties. We'll get one. Of, I'm sure we get one of these pizza local pizza people to sponsor this. That'd be awesome. There you go. All right. Anything else, Eric, or are you just enjoying the rest of your day? What's going on? Hey, I'm enjoying the rest of my day. You know what? The Zebras were all right today, so no <laughs> F bomb. But the F bomb went out to Colorado last night. There you oh, go. Yeah. There you go. F Colorado. <laughs> 29 point blown lead there he is eric angel for the first Thank time you. in the history of the war chant game day post game show brewed up by deluna coffee did not complain about the officials and said they were okay today. wow i i was still there were a lot of they they refused to call holds on the on yeah. the other team i mean there were three or four times you're seeing jerseys being held guys can't move being tackled behind the line of scrimmage that was my biggest issue right there they would not I would say that the good thing is, for the most part, on anything even close, they kept the hanky in their pocket, which I'll take that more often than not. So I agree there on that. But I don't know what it is about teams. If we've gone back and know Corey wrote stories about this in the past. Ira has documenting the inequity on the holding calls. Forest State will just never get them in their favor. They can continue to put guys in the NFL in that defensive line, but apparently they're never held in ACC competition. It's amazing. And Gary Patterson from the infamous Boston College game two years ago was your head official today. In case that face looked familiar, that was the guy. Um, But all in all, Florida State doesn't have gripes like they did last week, Gene, where there's a roughing the passer that wipes out Azariah Thomas's interception. 
there were just a couple of ticky tack things. Was it? Yeah, Rodney Hill was slammed five yards out of bounds. I think it was Rodney Hill, one of the running backs. And there, there was, was like, we know, like, come on, that, if that was FSU, that guy had been kicked out of the game. Yeah, the Conrad Hussey hold on the punt return was a little questionable too. Now there was a scrum behind the sequence, and I think instead of giving him a personal foul, they gave him a face mask. But I thought that hold on the because it was another electrifying key on. Yeah, I didn't see the hold because they showed the wrong player on the hold, so I don't even know who if that even yeah. happened. So there was actually a hold. It was uh, y- yes, yes, but is it a football play? It's yeah. it's close. But then there's the the scrum afterwards that they probably treated him kindly for. So you know, six of one. Uh, but overall, again, just a solid ass day for Florida State. Forty-one to three is your yep. score. For those of you who are just joining us, this is the War Chant Game Day Post Game Call and Show powered by Deluna Coffee. This is our last call four phone callers i see one in the hopper uh but you've got about 10 more minutes if you want to be a caller on the show to hit those lines that's the number 850-805-5911 and if you'll allow me folks a word from our sponsor uh that's our friends at deluna coffee they are outstanding sponsors and stewards of the community as well uh in terms of what they do in the pensacola area Uh, they support the FSU football program. Longtime Knowles, Ed and Brett Lemmix have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry. Their claim to fame is their Blue Angels Blend Coffee, known as the first ever food or beverage item to be licensed by a military branch. It's really cool. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com to see it. It's a lot of fun. DeLuna Coffee also collaborates with a lot of charitable uh, charitable organizations, I should say, in their local area. The Blue Angels Blend, the Midnight Shift, and the High Noons Lawman's Blend Donate proceeds to the U.S. Navy Morale, Welfare, and Recreation Program, the Rally Foundation of Pensacola, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, respectively. They're doing awesome work behind the scenes while also supporting the Knowles and supporting you. That's Brad, uh, sorry, I blended their names together. That's Ed and Brett Lemmix for DeLuna Coffee. Head to DeLunaCoffee.com right now. Use promo code WARCHANT25 on everything but the BOGO on the Voodoo Espresso Blend. Everything but the Warchant bundle. Everything else, 25% off. Promo code Warchant25. And if you're shopping in your local Publix west of I-4 and east of the Alabama border, border on the Panhandle, there's the photo that Gene was talking about, I was talking about a little bit earlier. The Florida Locals section of your neighborhood Publix. The Florida Locals section, not the coffee aisle. You can see it on the bottom left there. There's the Midnight Shift and the Blue Angels Blend from our friends at DeLuna Coffee. Fantastic sponsors they are. We now go to another caller, and uh, we're going to the 251. I don't know that we've got a call from the 251. Who am I speaking with here on the War Champ Post Game Show? Go ahead. This is Brandon. Uh, I'm BC016 on thewarchant.com. Been a member for, I guess, uh, 2004. And... uh, my five-year-old son wants to say something. Go ahead. No, no. Oh. All right. Yeah. No, no. You're, you're yep. training them right. Um, I'm a big fan. Uh, Tom, I've messaged you several times. Um, I don't know if you remember me, but yep. um, anyway, I'm a big fan and uh, it's a first-time caller. And uh, I'm really excited. I've called several times and I couldn't ever get on. But um I haven't listened to most of the show because I've been, today's my birthday and I've just been uh, spending a lot of time with my son. Um, but uh, one thing that I want to talk about is uh, Jordan started throwing the slant a little bit more this time. Mm-hmm. And I really think that opened up a lot of the deep ball stuff. And I, I think that Keon touchdown was 100% 
because of the slant threat that we have been throwing earlier in the game because that's what the DB bit on. Um, just want to hear about what y'all think about that. Well, first of all, happy birthday. Yes. BC Knoll 16, I do know you, you on the boards. And uh, hello to your son. What's your son's name? Rhodes. Rhodes. All right. Well, thank you very much for the contribution. R-H-O-D-E-S. Yep. Yep. Thank you very much for the contribution. Yeah, Rhodes. The Rhodes were very big back in the day at Florida State. Had a couple of very good Rhodes that played for Florida State. So exactly. Good name. Yep. Good name. Yep. That is correct. Uh, so, Brandon, I would say, uh, and hopefully you're listening on, uh, I just hit the drop button, but uh, hopefully you're listening now. I'm going to give you a couple seconds to find it on your device. Uh, but 100%, it's a good point that the underneath throws, mm-hmm. I think, paved the way for the downfield shots, including the seam shot to Jaheim that was not completed, and then the outside shot. Gene, a lot of times when Jordan's taking those chances down the field, our guys are covered or there's close coverage. Yeah. But in that particular instance, Keon was wide the hell open. It was good scheme from Florida State. But last year against Syracuse, Florida State ran quite a few slants, a lot of slants, in fact, because of the way the 3-3-5 yeah. is constructed. It's a, it's a good way to beat the structure that Rocky Long and uh, was it Tony White, well, I think was their defensive coordinator last year. That system is is uh, vulnerable to that particular route. I know fans have been clamoring for it, Gene, but the slant was there a little bit more today. Did you know? Yeah, yeah, it was great to see. And I think we brought that the last couple of games. Just basically some of the underneath stuff will open up. It seemed like Jordan was a little too, you know, stuck on trying to get that ball down the field. And I get it. You got Johnny, you got Keon, you got those one-on-ones, you got to do it. But man, there's nothing wrong with those slants or those shorter routes to kind of, and that will open things up. Plus it moves the chains to me so i i really like that was a good observation brandon that that was there and first of all yeah again happy birthday and thank you i think you said you've been a member since 2004 so thank you so much for your loyalty and being a longtime member of warchant.com is very much appreciated we couldn't do all these things that we do without people like you so yeah great observation and i'd like to see more of that because like you said tom that will open up those plays and i think jordan will get better at those deep throws he was obviously still better but inconsistent missed a couple chances this game but imagine if he starts doing that more and they mix in those short routes those slants and they start he starts hitting those long plays then mm-hmm. the offense is reaching its potential we've only i think we've scratched the surface with the offense of what it can be it's so close to hitting that fourth gear and really taking off agreed uh, agreed. First name, John. Thank you for the contribution. I get what your first name is now. I don't know if I'm crazy about Keon Coleman returning punts, even though he's exceptional at it. I'm worried he's going to get hurt. Uh, I don't. I, you can't think like that if you're a head coach or certainly the player, but I understand your sentiment, first name, John, uh, especially with Johnny Wilson out. He's a valuable commodity, but he showed just how valuable he can be yeah. at punt returning. He was electric today, Gene. But isn't the other thing? There isn't a viable alternative. Before, I mean, they were they were fumbling, muffing punts. Yeah. And if you got a guy that can field punts, I mean, you cannot afford to muff a punt. It's great that he's a weapon, but I also think right now he's the best one on the team to secure a punt and make sure it's not screwed up and you lose a game because of it. So I get it. And I'm always paranoid. I go back to I forget what the game was. I think it was against North Carolina. Leon Washington getting hurt on a. Uh, a kick return before missing most of his season because of it. So I, there's always that fear, but you can't play scared either to Tom's point. You've got to play to win the game. You put your best players in those situations. And like I said, there is not a viable alternative right now on punt return. So I think he's got to be the guy. It's the best punt returning performance gene since, I don't know. I think maybe Travis Rudolph had a good day, but I mean, I'm thinking Greg, Greg Reed. Reed. I'm thinking yeah. the first thing you said that I go, Greg Reed's the last one I saw that was that explosive on punt returns. Chris says, I think now we can say that we have a dominant defense. JT still has to improve spreading the ball around. 
he is very much primary receiver dominant. And the numbers bear that out, Chris. We talked about that. Entering the game today, Johnny Wilson led the team in targets with 36. Keon Coleman had 33. The next closest receiver, 16. 16. Yeah. So it's uh, a good point. Well, I'm right. we got Williamson in there a little bit more. Hakeem obviously got it. Well, that was different there. But, I mean, you got Destin Hill. I mean, Destin Hill to get in there and Williamson would at least they have multiple catches in this game is a promising sign. But I want to see more of that going forward. I hope it wasn't just a function because Johnny's not out there. We hope Johnny comes back next week, and if that happens, I hope that he doesn't revert to those. He's only going to focus on those two guys. Ant, thank you very much. Took care of business indeed today. Yes, we did, Ant. Uh, a couple more of these before we go to. we got two more callers. If you're in now, you've made the cut. You've made yep, the cut. It. No more calls for today. Thank you very much. FSU fan 1993. I meant it after the strip sack when it's first and goal from the five, but that should be an automatic touchdown. I guess that was a, relating to an earlier comment FSU fan 1993 yeah. made. It should be. Agreed. I think that's what Mike was thinking on fourth down. But sometimes you could be disappointed and be up three scores. You know, that's I, love, I love your comment that he was mad. You know, it's almost like, you know, again, he's a young coach and he, he reacted emotionally to that call instead of analytically and pragmatically like he should have. If there's logic to it, I don't get it. I'd ra- I hope it's emotion rather than logic. Um, what else would it be? It, the yeah. analytics don't back that up. And like you said, you anytime you go three, especially a team that's struggling offensively and you're dominating, you go up three scores, you take that every time. He was pissed at somebody on the end around a deuce. It was either Jaheim for the block or deuce for not cutting it up, but you could hear him screaming in the background of the broadcast. Couldn't tell what he was saying. Deuce came off the field, so maybe he was yelling that, hey, don't take that all the way to the sideline. Cut it up and run tougher. But whatever it was, that – might have gotten him a little bit, and then it influenced maybe some things that came from there. But thank you, FSU fan, 1993. Kim, so Jordan sucks at passing and he can't run. Hey, I love you more. Uh, I assume Kim is a, being a little – having some fun yeah. with us. I don't think that's serious. But no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like I said, I think Jordan is – instead of being in that upper 2 or 3% of quarterbacks, I think he's in the top 10% of quarterbacks. He's very good at it, but you're right. He's – we want to see a perfect Jordan. We've seen in practice. We've seen last year in some games how good he can be when he hits that highest gear. He could be the best quarterback in college football. We want to see that again. I want to be perfectly clear about Jordan. He's playing really well, but yeah. he's not playing as sharply as last year. In my in my one person's opinion, it, the both can be true. Uh, we now go to the two two nine. This is the first time you from this number have called War Chan TV. Go ahead, two two nine caller. Who are we talking to? Hello? If you're calling from the 229, Hello? you're on. Go ahead. There we go. Yes. Can you hear me? We can. We got you. Who is this? Hey, awesome. This is Nicholas Young. How y'all doing? Hi, Nicholas. Oh, we're doing well. I'm from, I'm from South Georgia. Okay. Yes, sir. What you got for us today? Welcome hey. to the program. Yes, I appreciate it. Hey, uh, long time uh, Seminole fan all my life. But anyhow, uh, to me, I know I know the score looks good, forty-one-three, but the offense, you know, a couple of drop balls there. I just think I know we had some explosive plays, but overall, you know, it's kind of like I don't know. It, it wasn't a, a great game for the offense, in my opinion. I guess I'm being too particular here, but uh, key. I mean, it, it was definitely a key on show without a doubt. But with Hockey Williams, man, Williams, he's going to be something to be reckoned with next year and in the following year because he's I mean just explosive. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing, Nicholas, and and we appreciate the call. Be sure and call back. Um Hakeem has gone from so Vandravius Jacobs in the spring was the better of the two freshmen. It wasn't even close. Um 
the consistency yeah, no. or whatever's going on there, whatever. Um, Hakeem has jumped him. He had jumped him by the midpoint of camp or the latter half of fall camp. So before the season started, Hakeem had passed him along the way. It seemed like Gene early on that Hakeem was going to be a possession receiver with a little bit of speed, but not like this. You know, the, the high school film now completely is translating to the college football game. That, I don't care if it's Syracuse, Southern Miss, or against a Clemson defense, that burst, 0-60 to 60, at that size, is why Hakeem was a high four-star mm. or a five-star, depending upon what service you're looking at. That's why you go get a player like that out of the high school ranks. He is going to be an absolute beast. And again, I, I agree with a lot of the fan sentiment. It's a great point total. 41 is always great. No matter how you shake it out, 41 is great. But sometimes it does feel a little bit messy. And it, both, again can be true at the same time. So, uh, good call from Nicholas. Go well, I think, yeah, Nick, Nicholas, yeah, you yeah, nailed it. Yeah. I mean, you said it was not a great performance by the offense. You're right. It was not great. It was good. It was pretty good performance by the offense, but they can obviously be better. I think it was a great performance by Keon Coleman. It was yeah. a great performance by the defense, obviously, and Adam Fuller's group back there. They really shut Syracuse down. So, you know what I will take of – and I think it was great special teams today, too. Yep. We don't want to talk about the two. If you give me one good out of the three and the other two are great, you know, you're going to win maybe – you're probably going to win all your regular season games if you do that on a consistent basis. It would be nice for all three to be great in the same game. But as one of our callers said earlier, I think this is the closest thing was at West. I think this is the closest thing they've had to a complete game all season. So they're getting closer. It wasn't a complete game, but it was – they're definitely moving in the right direction. And, yeah, Hakeem, you got to be excited. you got to be excited, like you point out, Tom, the trajectory he's going on. It's not like he showed up this way. Yeah. He showed up raw, a lot of shape. You're just seeing this climb up, and you're like, man, a year from now, where is he going to be? When he starts getting better at running routes mm-hmm. and they get more confidence in him, how good is he going to be a year from now, two years from now? He could be just an, he could be Keon Coleman in two years if he keeps doing this. Well, and if you want to be optimistic about it, folks out there who really like what they saw from Hakeem, Florida State gave him snaps on the road at Clemson. You don't do that unless you mm-hmm. believe in the player. Was it a ton? No, but they didn't have to give him any. And that game was close the entire way. So that's how much this coaching staff thinks about Hakeem Williams. If you're hoping that maybe he could make an impact sooner than later, it's possible. That's 100% possible. Before we get to our final caller, a few things to promote. Corey Corey Clark's column, there we go, is going to be live on Warchant.com momentarily. So if you want to hear Corey's take on the game, that's what you can find at Warchant.com this afternoon. If it's not already live, it will be very soon. The Vitamin Energy War Chant Wrap with Irish Ophel and Corey Clark will be live on this channel. It's the first thing I do when I'm done with this. I decompress. Mm-hmm. I pour myself another little espresso beverage with a voodoo blend from DeLuna Coffee. I watch Mike Norvell's press conference, and then I watch the Vitamin Energy War Chant Wrap with Ira and Corey. Those things will be available on War Chant TV. We've got you covered head to toe. Please hit the like button underneath this video and subscribe to War Chant TV. It is absolutely free. And then coming tomorrow... There's going to be the War Chant PFF breakdown from our own Gene Williams. He breaks it all down. You find it on the Tribal Council of WarChant.com with specifics on grades, snap counts, uh, what Florida State did in, in certain situations successfully, where they're ranked nationally, Gene, in terms of advanced stats or the basic stats. Mm-hmm. It's a head-to-toe breakdown. How long does it take you every week to put all that together? It takes a couple hours to go through it all, but it's a lot of fun. So especially you uh, stats geeks like me, you'll really enjoy that. So if you're not on War Chant, again, $1 mm-hmm. for two months, you get all this stuff. So in the, the code FSU1, the number one, it's all you need to hit to do that. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing Keon will be have the highest grade. Yeah. 
Um, but we'll see. Though. But you never know. There's some defenders. Sometimes we don't get to see some of the stuff that happens on the interior and so forth. We'll see how those guys – maybe Farmer has a really good grade. Yep. We'll see. I would guess that Farmer has a, has a really nice grade tomorrow as well. So now our final caller of today's show is out in Denver. We go to Vincent in Denver for the sixth time on the War Chant TV postgame call on Joe Bruto by DeLuna Coffee. Welcome to the program, Vincent. How are you? Hanging in there, but enjoying the 41-point victory. And uh, I wanted to ask you guys, I, I mean, I think we all agree Keon definitely was the star, you know, for today. But given that the showing of the defense was probably the best we've seen yet, I was wondering, one, who do you guys feel like would be the defensive MVP? Um, kind of leaning towards Shaheen Brown myself. I thought he made a lot of sneaky good plays throughout the entire game. But I was also wondering, too, um, if you guys feel like with the Duke game coming up, if our offense remains kind of inconsistent, could that maybe be a little bit closer of a game you know, than we might anticipate? Or given that they're also improving each game, if that may not matter, we're going to you know, take care of this. So just want to put that out there and to kind of get your guys' takes. But as always, I uh, appreciate all the feedback you guys give. It's great stuff. Thank you very much, Vincent. Uh, we appreciate the call. Gene, do you have a defensive MVP at the top of your list? Uh, you know, I was looking at, my, at the stats back up what Vincent was saying. I mean, Shaheen Brown led the team in tackles with seven. He had a one and a half tackles for loss over both a sack and a half. He had a pass breakup. I, I, I think I'm with you, Vincent. I agree. Once I, I thought he had a good game, and I just looked up the stats, and I think you're 100% on board. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, agreed. Once again, that's seven tackles, six solo tackles for Shaheen Brown, yeah. which means a lot of open field chances that he shuts down, one and a half sacks, and a pass breakup. That's tough to beat. I think if you're going to vote for somebody else, it's Josh Farmer, who only had two yeah. tackles. But Florida State did perform well against the run today, largely speaking, Gene. Uh, it looks like – I mean, there were a couple of broken runs later on uh for an end an loss contained they were able to go in the end you saw very little between the tackles that the interior of the defensive line was very stout exactly and you don't always get credit for that in the way of tackles if yeah. you're a defensive interior player so it's a thankless position to a degree but then that splash play even though it didn't lead to any points was just that's a hell of a moment because we know how tough garrett schrader is to break down so uh it, those are your two choices i think vincent is correct with uh, shaheem brown and as for the duke question Mm -hmm. Yeah, Duke is a better team. So you have now seen progressively better opponents uh, week to week to week here in this three-game homestand for Florida State. I think Syracuse is a better football team overall than Virginia Tech, which makes this win more impressive. And then Duke is the best of the three. And if Riley Leonard is back at quarterback, yeah. that presents challenges getting off the field, another challenge for the defense to continue the dominant run that it's on. But yeah, if the offense is inconsistent, Duke Gene might be in a position to take the ball away and do a little bit more than, than Syracuse could do today. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't, you know, again, if people will hear Duke, I think that's one stat left that didn't even get lost. I don't think Florida State has ever lost to Duke still, right? Correct. So that's still out there. Yeah, this is the one thing they're going to do with Elko. They are very well coached. Um, you're not going to get any freebies in this thing. Florida State's going to have to earn this. But like, so that's the point to the drops, some of the questionable calls, some of the missed throws, those opportunities. They're going to bite you in the ass against Duke. So you better be a little bit more buttoned up against them. But I think they, I think they're going to take, Duke more seriously. They know what they are. It'll definitely be a different game. I'm kind of curious what the, I mean, I'm curious your take of what you think the line will be. I think it'll be two different lines with or without Riley Leonard mm -hmm. in the game. And I will say if Riley Leonard plays with a high ankle sprain, I don't, big part of his game is that mobility. I don't think if he plays this early coming off a high ankle sprain, I think part of that will be taken out of his game. Sometimes the line is turned off until you know what a quarterback is going to do. But I'll guess yeah. that if they if they post one Gene and he doesn't, let's say he doesn't play tonight, and and you know Elko says we hope to He's have doubtful. Back. He ain't playing tonight. 
So let's say Elko says in the post game, we hope to have him next week. Something in the middle in terms of his messaging. Yeah. I still think it's more than a touchdown. I think it's eight and a half. Yeah, I was thinking, I was funny. I was thinking nine going into this thing. I'm going to guess it's about nine points. And if they say he's out, maybe 11, something like that. Yep, I agree. Totally agree. All right, so we're going to take one more short break and then have our final thoughts from today's World Champ postgame call and show. Brewed up by our friends at DeLuna Coffee. The finest football program in the state and rolling into 2023 with a Heisman contender. Stay connected with everything Florida State over at the ultimate seminal sports source, warchant.com. Expert insight from five-star Irish Chauffel, the wit and perspective of FSU Encyclopedia Corey Clark, the latest on FSU recruiting with entrenched reporter Michael Langston, and the most active community of FSU fans anywhere. Warchant.com is part of the On3 network with a national team of reporters and resources that have created industry-leading consensus recruiting ratings, transfer portal rankings, and NIL analytics. Head over to Warchant.com to take advantage of this offer as FSU has into a 2023 season with sky-high expectations. There's fun to be had every night at the Corner Pocket. Take-home prizes on Trivia Tuesdays and Beer Bingo Thursdays. And kickstart your weekend with Martini Fridays. Plus, happy hour runs every weekday and game day specials every time the Knolls take the field. Watch all the best games at the Corner Pocket's Vegas Wall, featuring 560 inches of flat-screen TV heaven. Oh, really? The best food, the best drinks, and the best place to watch all the games, Tallahassee loves the Corner Pocket. This is all the benefits of uh, being a War Chant subscriber, right? If you're watching right now, you can look along with me. You'll see Garnet and Gold 10% off special War Chant Days promos each month with exclusive offers for WarChant.com members, priority access, and free gear at War Chant events. That's doing some things, right? Got to do it. Ask War Chant anything subscriber only shows featuring the entire staff, a little QA with the entire staff, and coming soon, a new mobile app with improved functionality and less ads. That's really a good thing. Join the largest FSU fan community on the internet, everybody, at warchant.com. It's not close. Let's go get it on. Sign up today. A longtime supporter of Warchant.com programming and Florida State Athletics, DeLuna Coffee proudly presents you the Warchant Game Day postgame call-in show. FSU alumni owned and operated, DeLuna Coffee's Ed and Brett Lemmix have a combined 30 years of experience in the coffee industry. DeLuna Coffee's claim to fame is their Blue Angels blend, known as the first ever food or beverage item to be licensed by a military branch. A percentage of proceeds from the Blue Angels blend, Midnight Shift, and High Noon Lawman's blend go to the U.S. Navy, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation program, the Rally Foundation of Pensacola, and the Escambia County Sheriff's Foundation, respectively. For a limited time only, DeLuna Coffee's Voodoo Dark Espresso Blend is buy one, get one free. Head over to DeLunaCoffee.com to check out that deal, as well as the Warchant Pick Your Poison Bundle. From west of I-4 all the way through the Florida Panhandle, look for DeLuna Coffee in your local Publix in the Florida Locals section. You can also always head to DeLunaCoffee.com today. Florida State, a 41-3 winner, bowl eligible, as we said at the outset, 6-0 and for Florida State to start the season, entrenching themselves in that top four, one would think, moving forward. A couple of scores from around the country right now. You've got a score fest between Washington and Oregon. There's five minutes to go in the second quarter. That's 22-15, to strange score, 22-15, to Washington leads Oregon. Texas A&M leads Tennessee 10-7, to that game late in the first half. Florida and South Carolina, wow, 
Florida's put up 21 points. How bad is South Carolina, Gene? It's 21 all with five minutes oh. to go in the second quarter of that game. Saw one of our posters put in the chat. Thank you very much. Wake and Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech did start out 10 to nothing. Right now, it's 16 to 7, Virginia Tech, pending, I guess, a review on a touchdown. Uh, and then to come tonight are some headliner games. Congratulations to the Iowa Hawkeyes for blowing out Wisconsin so far. It's 7 to nothing, Iowa, in the uh, second quarter. <laughs> that game's over. Yeah, that offense for Iowa, that is a big day at the office to score seven points. So those are some of the scores around the country. One early game that was a little closer than the expert, uh, experts predicted, Gene, was Alabama edging out Arkansas 24-21. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, that was a bigger line than three. So uh, it, this this sport this year, everywhere around the country, there is a game that, at week at minimum where a top 15 team is going to get spooked. Alabama is at least one in the clubhouse today. We'll see if that night window – Miami, North Carolina, USC, Notre Dame, among others, provides us some more drama. It's weird. We might be seeing the slow, steady decline of Alabama, it seems like, for the last few years. So yeah. it's uh, it's a little odd. They're not definitely not the Alabama team from three, four years ago that was just dominating college football. I, You know, I think I, I couldn't believe it. I had to look it up. The record for Florida in the last 17 games on the road is 2-15. and 15. Mm-hmm. I, When I saw that record, I couldn't believe it. So I don't know. I mean, let's go Cox. Let's keep that going. And I am, uh, I guess, uh, looking way ahead, selfishly, hopefully it works out. Who would you, because between one of those Pac-12 teams, I think there's a, I think the winner of this game has a good shot to be in the playoffs in the Pac-12, because I think they have a good shot. I would rather Oregon win. A, I want revenge for that yeah. crap a few years ago, and I just think they'll match it. I think is it Washington's a better overall team. So I would rather play Oregon in this. What do you think on that one? I agree. Washington's offense has been really impressive the entirety of the season, but they haven't played anybody until today. And so far they're passing that test with flying colors, 22 points against a good defense in the first half. Um, That's, I think you're right. I think the winner of this game certainly is going to be in the PAC 12 championship game. It's just a matter of if they carry through, Maybe you get a rematch between Oregon and Washington. But I'll tell you what, Gene, I don't watch game day for entertainment value very much. Sometimes I do for information. You know, if they get reports from around the country on injuries and things like that. Um, But that atmosphere today up at UW was phenomenal. Kids getting out there at three in the morning, whatever they had to do to be part of that thing. That's something that that was a lot of fun, too. And um, and tonight, man, how much are you looking forward to to seeing? I'm predicting the Miami meltdown. Yep. You know, if I, yeah, I'm sorry, if I'm uh, Van Dyke, I think the first play, he takes a snap, he kneels, he flips the bird to Chris Ball and walks off the field. That's what I would love to see right there. How cool would that be? Just take, take the helmet off, leave it on. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> and then do the Antonio Brown, go shirtless and start doing jumping jacks in the end zone on the way out and then wave to the and crowd. And then just walk out, do this. <laughs> Yeah, or he's got an undershirt on him, his next destination in the transfer yes. portal. So he takes off the pads, and then there it is. It's like uh, Oregon State. And you're like, wow, Van Dyke's going to be a beaver. Uh, yeah, agreed. That first quarter is going to be very mm-hmm. interesting to watch tonight. Uh, obviously, I want to see the Cristobal and Miami meltdown first, second, and third. But if North Carolina was to blow it, that's not the worst thing in the world for Florida State as it pertains no, to the no. championship vision. So either way, Florida State wins. Uh, Gene, any final thoughts? Did we miss anything? We usually don't on the postgame show. Did we were we- very comprehensive as always, Tom. I got to give okay. us credit. <laughs> no, us, us, the chatters, the callers, we really covered everything. Again, can't be said enough. Great job by the defense. We hadn't seen that for a long time since last season. It's good to see them play as well and just completely dominate a team. You can't lose. If the defense plays as well, you're going to win every game. So that was very good to see. Special teams were outstanding. Keon Coleman, 
you, if we were talking about the 247 all-purpose yards. Imagine if you didn't get the penalty of the other return. He's close to 300 all-purpose yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, what a phenomenal game by him. Like some of the development by the offense, mixing it up a little bit more, some other getting some other players involved. We don't like the drops. I get it. Uh, play calling on fourth down. We went through all that stuff. And, uh, you know, as our caller brought up recently, Shaheen Bell, we should have probably brought up more about him. What a great game he had yep. in this game as well. So very positive game for Florida State. There's still some stuff to clean up, but, uh, you know, there's there's time. And you've got – it gets tougher. We got Duke. He's a, one of the best coached teams in the country coming into Tallahassee next Saturday night. Yeah, we will know soon if it's a 7.30 or an 8 p.m. kick. It's going to be prime time. It's just a matter of network and time. Uh, we will let you know at Warchant.com the latest there. Thank you to Yuckmouth. He always gets one in before the buzzer. Thank you, thank you. That's his second one today at minimum. So thank you very much. And for those of you that hung out, the 600-plus of you that hung out, a little reward for you. Touchdown, episode! Touchdown, episode! Another one. Touchdown, episode! Touchdown, episode! And Galactic Gene Decker. Touchdown, episode! Touchdown, episode! Thank you for being with us today, everybody. To those of you that made the calls, we appreciate you there. As well. Oh, that's new. Nice. <laughs> look. Thank you, Director Ben. With wow. The oh, my goodness. Did, I did you not, not know that was coming, Tom? No. Is that Mr. Clean? <laughs> like, what's he trying to do there? Oh, my goodness, Director Ben. Thank you. Whoa. I didn't ask for that, and I'm I'm glad you did it. This yeah. is why we have talented people behind the scenes. To uh, Terry, the call screener today, thank you so much, Terry. Director Ben, behind the scenes, awesome work. Uh, Gene Williams, as always, it's a it's a hoot doing these shows with you. To our friends at DeLuna Coffee, they're at your local Publix. This is what it looks like, yep. the Florida local section. That's where you can find DeLuna Coffee. And what's that FSU? What's this? What's the code to get the twenty five percent off? Uh, that's Warchant twenty five. Warchant twenty five is the code. I'm just gonna yes, Warchant twenty five, all one word. When you go to DeLunaCoffee.com and you go to the checkout. It's that secondary screen where you put your credit card in. It'll be on the top right. It'll see. It'll say discount or promo code. So that's Warchant25 at checkout, 25% off. Again, BOGO on the voodoo. It's BOGO. I'm grabbing it here. BOGO on the voodoo through the end of this month. So thank you to our friends at DeLuna Coffee. And great job by you, Tom, today, by the way. I got to get that up because then you're going to wrap this thing up. I got to see what a great job you do. And you'll be doing you – are, you are doing the Sunday Smash this week. Is that correct, tomorrow night? That is correct, yes. You and Coming I are- up. Tomorrow night, Sunday Smash, 7 o'clock. We may even have a special guest. Stay tuned for that from 7 to 8 p.m. Wake Up War Chant will be live in your podcast feeds on Monday morning. The latest from Aslan and Corey. The War Chant rap will be in your podcast feeds as well. It'll be here on the channel on War Chant TV. We got you covered head to toe. This is the place to be. You like promo codes? How about $1 for two months at WarChant.com? Head there, top right corner, green button, sign up and use the code FSU and the number one for two months for $1. Thank you all for hanging out with us. It's been a real pleasure this week. Florida State is through the first half of the season. It goes by too quick. Savor this. 41-3 to over Syracuse. We are 6-0, and and next week it'll be prime time on Bobby Bowden Field under the lights mm. against the Duke Blue Devils. Go figure. Several Saturday nights. Can't yeah. wait. Just like the old school days that uh, I was too young for, but still. Uh, For Gene Williams, for Director Ben, Terry Clark, everybody else behind the scenes at Warchant, thank you all for being a part of today's program. We will talk to you on Warchant TV next time.